Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. There is no stereotyping Jesus in the way he works in people's lives. And it's important that we understand that because we tend to think that, well, Jesus worked this way in my life, and therefore that's the way he works in everybody's life. And if he's not worked in their life the way he did in my life, then I'm not sure if he's really working in their life. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of John. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on John chapter 9, verses 1 through 38, in a message titled, I Was Blind, Now I See. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Even among the Pharisees themselves, there's a division. For some, it's like, No way. This guy's not from God. He's not keeping the Sabbath. Others are like, Yeah, but how could this happen? So it's interesting that among them, there is even this division. Verse 17, then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It's your eyes he opened. The man replied. Now, I I would imagine that at this moment, the man probably has to think a little bit. Like they're saying, okay, come on. You know, what what do you have to say about the man? And he probably ponders it for a moment, and he says, um, I don't know. He's a prophet. I mean, what, you know, in this man's mind, it is crystal clear that this person, Jesus, who he doesn't really know anything more about, the one thing that he's pretty certain about is that this man must be from God. The irony is that the religious leaders are pretty certain that he's not from God. So this poor blind man says, now, I think he's from God. I think he's a prophet. But they still did not believe that he was blind. They didn't believe that he had been born blind. Now, you know, this is a, a miracle staring them right in the face, and they refuse to believe it. They refuse to believe it. Did, did you know that in the Old Testament, um, there, are no, there are no accounts of anyone in, in the entire Old Testament ever being healed of blindness? And there's only references in the Old Testament to God alone healing blindness or giving sight to the blind, and there's specific promises that the Messiah would do that. So you see, the implications here are really, these these are serious implications, because if this man was really blind, and if Jesus really healed him, then the scriptural deduction must be, he has to be the Messiah, because this is what the Messiah would do. They, they don't want to believe that so much that they're willing to even question whether he was blind or not. See, this is unbelief. Unbelief is irrational. There's so much talk today about atheism, and, you know, so many times people think, well, you know, the smart people are all atheists. Well, not really true. Atheists are, are just people that refuse to look at anything other than what they've already made up in their mind for the most part. 
And that's what we see here. And so they still did not believe that he had been blind and had received a sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one that you say was born blind? How is it that he now can see? Poor parents. (laughs) We know he is our son, the parents answered. And we know he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. Now, his parents here seem to kind of throw him under the bus. You know, it's like, parents, stand by your kids. You don't want to do what they did here. But the reason they did it, John tells us, his parents said this because they were afraid. And so we see the intimidation of these religious leaders. They were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That is why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So to be put out of the synagogue, that meant to be excluded from the society. See, because this was a religious culture. And so... In those days, you couldn't just, if they put you out of the synagogue, you couldn't just go down the road to another synagogue. This put you out of the community itself. So they were understandably fearful over the possible repercussions here. And so now a second time, they summoned the man who had been blind. And they said, give glory to God. Tell the truth. So they see that in this man attributing the healing to Jesus, somehow he's not giving glory to God or he's he's not really being honest. That isn't really what happened. They said, we know that this man is a sinner. Now, how did they know he was a sinner? Well, he was a sinner because he didn't keep the Sabbath the way they interpreted the Sabbath to be kept. That was the great sin that Jesus committed. And so the man replied, Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Now, what we're going to see from this point forward is, to me, it's just so beautiful. It is the unbending courage of this guy. This guy is amazing. He's not like his parents. His parents are intimidated. He's not intimidated. And you think about it. I mean, we don't even know how old he was. It seems like he's obviously an adult. But he's lived his entire life blind. His entire life, he's blind. So you figure he's got to be a little bit tough to have survived this long under those conditions. This is not a guy that you're going to push around. And especially with what he has experienced. Here's a guy who's like, you know what? You're going to try to tell me who was blind, and now I can see? You're going you're to try to tell me that this isn't a legitimate thing that God did for me? He's just not going to have a single bit of that coming from them. And so they asked again, what did he do to you? How did, how did he open your eyes? Listen to this. He answered, I have told you already, and you didn't listen. Here, here right here, he's going after him. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? I am absolutely certain he knew for a fact they did not want to become the disciples of Jesus, but he's sticking it to them right here. So you see the the feistiness of this 
fellow. You have to admire it, really. But notice he also, he says, do you want to become his disciples too? There's a little bit of an implication there that, that he is a disciple, even though it's still at this point, he doesn't really even know much about Jesus. Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this man's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, wow, that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. And now he's going to preach to them. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. And in a general sense, he's right. Now, some people have taken this little statement a bit out of context and used it to say, you know, God doesn't hear the prayer of a sinner. So don't bother to pray. If you haven't accepted Jesus, then God's not going to hear you. That's not what he's saying. He's just, as a general rule, we understand that God listens to and works on behalf of those who trust him and seek him and so forth. And then he says this. He says, nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. Nobody's ever heard of this. This has never been heard of in all of history. And you know that is still true to this day. There has never been a recorded, bona fide, verifiable healing of a person born blind. Never. Hadn't been then, hasn't been to this day. And then he says this, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So he's just sticking right to his message. This man is from God. You guys don't know what you're talking about. That that's kind of where he lands. And to this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Wow. So what they had threatened to do to anybody who believed that Jesus was the Messiah, they did for this guy. They threw him out. They might have just thrown him out of that particular gathering, but I think what's implied is they threw him out of the synagogue. They excommunicated him. And I want you to also see this in in case you missed it. You were steeped in sin at birth. They believed that sickness or a birth defect like blindness, they obviously believed that it was a punishment for sin because that's what they said. You were steeped in sin from birth. That The proof of that is that you were born blind. So these guys didn't really have any true and clear understanding of God, even though they were the religious leaders of the day. So they threw him out. But then, verse 35, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? So we don't know where Jesus was during this time and however much time passed, we're not sure. But whether 
it was word of mouth or somebody came and said, Jesus, this is what happened. We, we don't know exactly how Jesus knew what happened, but he seeks out the man and finding him, ask him this question. Do you believe in the son of God or do you believe in the son of man? Some translations read son of God, some read son of man. Uh, it could be either one. They essentially both mean the same thing. Who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. Remember, the last time this man encountered Jesus, he could not see him. You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And, and I, I wonder if at that moment the man it, the, the voice, the tone, everything, it all of a sudden just, it just all came together. It all clicked for him. And the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. So now the process that began with Jesus putting the mud on his eyes and sending him off to wash his to wash his eyes, it now culminates in the man worshiping. There are three things I want us to take away from this today. And the first is the unique way that Jesus works in this man. So there's kind of a a three-step process here. The first thing he does is he heals him. He heals the man when the man has little to no knowledge of who Jesus actually is. Remember that. He heals him. The man doesn't doesn't even know who Jesus is. All he knows after the fact, all he knows when he's seen is a man named Jesus touched my eyes and told me to go wash. He maybe seems to know that Jesus has some followers, but he doesn't know who he is. Secondly, Jesus allows him to go into circumstances that force him to process what happened. That's what's going on in this whole encounter between this man and the Pharisees. It's like this man, we're watching a person reason and think out loud his way to full faith in Jesus. That's what we see happening here. And then thirdly, we see that Jesus makes himself unmistakably known and calls the man to faith. So we see that's that's kind of the three-step process here. What is it that we're actually seeing? This is it, that there is no stereotyping Jesus in the way he works in people's lives. That's what we want to take away from this. One thing we want to take away. There's no stereotyping Jesus. And it's important that we understand that because we tend to do that all the time. We tend to think that, well, Jesus worked this way in my life, and therefore that's the way he works in everybody's life. And if he's not worked in their life the way he did in my life, then I'm not sure if he's really working in their life. And we have to remember that, as as we've all heard before, and maybe you've even said, You cannot put God in a box. 
He's got it. He won't go in the box. He will do what he wants to do. And we should know that by just reading the stories of the Gospels because we'll see that Jesus never really does anything the same, exactly the same way twice. He is, you see, Jesus has his own unique ways of working with all of us. I needed Jesus to work in my life in a way that was unique to who I am. You need Jesus to work in your life in a way that's unique to you. People out in the world, they need that same thing. And we have to give people space for that. We have to recognize that that's the case. So I'm just saying to us, let's remember that. Let's not stereotype. Let's recognize Jesus has all kinds of ways of working in people's lives. Second thing I want us to see here is this man. So this man goes from being a blind beggar to a day or two later giving an, an unassailable defense of the reality of Christ to the religious leaders of the day. And what I want us to see is that he was armed with one thing only, and it was this. I was blind. Now I see. Jesus is responsible for that. Jesus is the Son of God. We oftentimes feel intimidated, we feel like we don't know enough. We don't have good enough arguments to respond to people. We probably just ought to keep quiet and not say anything or try to find somebody that knows better and maybe we could connect our friend with them. You know what? Just tell your story. That's a great place to start, even if you do know a bunch of other stuff. Start with your story because your story is powerful. And your story is your story and people just have to live with it. They can't refute it. I mean, you might come up with a great theological argument and then suddenly you find that, oh, they've got an argument that kind of is it's pretty good too. And so you're kind of stuck. You can't really go anywhere. But when you tell them your story of what God's done in your life, what are they going to say? No, God didn't do that. The simple but undeniable reality of your story, of my story, that's, that's a good place to start. And you don't have to be a seasoned Christian to do that. This guy was not seasoned in any way, shape, or form. He was brand new. Now, of course, we want to grow. We want to learn. We want to understand. We want to give answers, and we want to be able to present uh, strong argumentation. All of that's great. Not everybody's going to do that in the same way or on the same level, but everybody has a story of how they met Jesus and what Jesus did in their life, and that is as good a place to start as any.
And God can use that and God will use that many, many times. That is exactly what God will use. And then the final thing that we see here is that we see that this man, he worships Jesus. Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. He worshiped him. He now is giving his entire devotion to Jesus. And my friends, this is the meaning of life. This is why we are here in this world. We are here to know God. We are here to love God. We are here to serve God. We are here to glorify God. That is why we live. That is why we breathe. That is why we exist. God made us for his glory. And know this, that we were made by God and for him, and nothing can ever take his place, really. Nothing can ever satisfy or fulfill you until you come to this place. If this man had just merely been healed of his blindness, well, he would have been able to see now. But what would he have seen? He would have just seen a lot of ugly things that he had missed out on being blind. See, there was so much more that Jesus intended to do than just give him physical sight. Jesus offered him spiritual life, and he received it, and he worshiped the Lord. And as we we close today, I want to just remind you that that's why we're here. That's why we're alive, to worship the Lord to live for him, to know him. And this is where life gets good. This is where life gets exciting. This is where the adventure is. This is, this is where you want to be. And if you're anywhere but that today, change that. Just like this man did. Lord, I believe. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you're the son of man. And since that is who he is, Give yourself entirely to him if you haven't done that. And for those of us that have done that, you know, there's, it's always good to just recommit. Just good to say, Lord, I, you know, I need a fresh start today with you. I, I want to I know you better. You know, sometimes we just get lazy. Sometimes we just get distracted. Sometimes we're just zoning out. And it's like, oh, where's God at in all this? Well, we we must seek him. And so let's do that. Let's not miss out on that. And if there's a single person that's with us today or anyone listening or watching that you haven't yet met Jesus, he is extending his hand to you. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to receive him. He wants to heal you of blindness or whatever else there might be, whatever malady you might be suffering from. He wants to address that and deal with that in your life. So let him do it. For 
the month of June, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled, Can Science Explain Everything? by Dr. John Lennox. Our current culture sometimes gives the impression that science has disproved the existence of God. But Dr. John Lennox argues that this is hardly the case. In a clear and simple writing style, Dr. John Lennox presents evidence that science not only fails in disproving the existence of God, but also shows how science and God are compatible. He also tackles the myth that religion depends on faith, but science does not, and that science depends on reason, but Christianity does not. Dr. Lennox also offers a way to scientifically disprove Christianity, but is unable to do so because of the overwhelming evidence. If you want to understand the relationship between science and God, or if you know a person who thinks science and God are mutually exclusive, then you need to get this month's resource from Back to Basics. The book Can Science Explain Everything by Dr. John Lennox is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of John. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.